Yo, this is Joe. And this is your boy, Eli. Welcome back to another episode of the Off Wrestling Podcast. On this episode, we'll be giving a quick little breakdown of our thoughts and opinions. But first, the intro. to another episode of the Off Wrestling Podcast. Uh, first off, we're going to be starting off with some WWE news and topics. Um, this is a question I really, really wanted to address, more so a topic that I wanted to address. Do you think that Xavier Woods will win the King of the Ring? I feel like it might be too good to be true because they're really promoting it heavily with him, like, staring at the crown. He's doing all these promos. And I really feel like, I think he's going against Finn at Crown Jewel. And I'm like, I really feel like Xavier might not win because I'm like it's already bad enough that Finn's like been kind of losing a little bit and he hasn't done right. much since he's been brought up to the main roster and Finn kind of holds more weight than Xavier but I'm almost afraid that Xavier won't win even though I want him to yeah I was gonna say and and Woods has been basically campaigning to bring back the King of the Woods for the longest time he's probably the person that's responsible for bringing King of the Ring back period mm-hmm. so it's very unfortunate, but I'm pretty sure Finn is going to win this. Like, um, yeah, if it was literally any other opponent, I'd say, yeah, yeah, Woods is going to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he kind of needs it in the long run to kind of just kind of like separate himself, give him an accomplishment and that's not a tag team championship. Right. But because it's Finn and like you said, like Finn's been like dwindling down and he lost to Roman and he was already like a uh, prince. You know what I mean? So it's like, eh. They're gonna make it look like he upgraded from like a prince to a king, and he's definitely mm-hmm. gonna he's definitely gonna beat Woods. But uh, yeah, like I felt like I felt like it was like a huge win on Monday. Like, oh wait a minute, like they're trying to get our our hopes up so mm-hmm. it looks like Woods is gonna win, but yeah. he, he's not gonna win. Yeah, he's definitely not gonna win. I feel like we've seen this a million times. Like, is they never give you what you want? You really gotta wait for it. But um. I don't know, man. I just, I really want Xavier to win and kind of set himself aside from the pack. I feel like he's like the third Migo right now. <laughs> he's takeoff right now. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think we need him to, you know what I mean, really, really win this and hopefully be taken more seriously moving forward. But we'll, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean, maybe it's he doesn't get it, but he does more great stuff in the future. So we'll yeah. see. Um, did you see Bianca versus Charlotte on Raw this Monday? Ended in DQ, absolutely. Ended in a DQ. The match was fire. Yeah, the match was... I was was like, wait a minute, is she actually going to win the championship? Um, Yeah, I had those thoughts too. But it's Monday Night Raw, so every single match has an end in disqualification. Um, Yeah, unfortunately. It does kind of end like that. But I don't know, it just had that feel like it was going to be a serious match. And it It just made sense because I'm like, okay, Charlotte is what, going to SmackDown, right? So, like, why not give it to Bianca, who's, like, on Raw, and that's the Raw women's title? Like, they're just got to – they have to do, like, this weird booking or this weird angle to where the titles get switched back onto the respective brand. Because I don't – I feel like there might be, like, a Becky two-belt situation, but I'm also, like, I think it would be better just to have the titles go to their separate brands. You know what I mean? The whole whole crown jewel women's women's title thing set up is completely weird to begin with. So you have – 
Charlotte, who's the Raw Women's Champion, and she's going to SmackDown. And like that mm-hmm. match with Bianca was the last opportunity for <laughs> to somebody it. to switch it and actually get it on Raw. Yeah. And so now we have Becky fighting a crown jewel. It's, it's Becky versus um, Bianca versus Sasha. Mm-hmm. And Becky and Bianca are staying on Raw, and Sasha is going to SmackDown. And so it's just like, well, you have you already have the Raw Women's Champion going to SmackDown. And you have the SmackDown Women's Champion who is going to Raw, so it's just—it's just one of those weird booking situations. I don't know how they're going to get themselves out of it. I can't see—I can't see Sasha winning and going to uh, SmackDown with the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship because then it leaves Raw without a title. It's—it's just weird. It would be very weird. Um, They should have given they should have given Charlotte an opponent at Crown Jewel. Yeah, unless they're trying to do a thing where like they unify the titles, because Charlotte mentioned that in her promo this week, and she was like, "They might as well give me the other title." And I, she didn't say unify, but she was almost mm-hmm. like, "I deserve to have both titles for both no, brands." No, and I'm like, "No, I don't think I would no. like that." I hate, I hate <laughs> unified, I hate unified championships, especially when you have multiple people that could be the champion. I Very true. It. And there's a lot of women that deserve those titles too, or deserve a shot at it. So yeah. it doesn't it wouldn't make sense? But I don't know. We'll see. It definitely makes things interesting, but I also feel like they've kind of booked themselves into a corner, if you if you will. So I don't I don't know. We'll see how they get out of it. But right now, it doesn't look too good. <laughs> it's not it doesn't look too good. I don't know what y'all doing, fam. And then on SmackDown, you have well, it's not a title, but you have Naomi. Naomi, um, I guess getting set up by Sonya. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this whole, this is the whole whole angle period of Naomi and Sonya? It's definitely not going in the direction I thought it would originally. <laughs> like I thought, like Naomi would just keep asking for an opportunity over and over and over, and eventually just snap. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she right. just beat down Sonya, and then she just goes off to join Roman in the Bloodline, and then she gets her her championship finally. I thought that was the direction we were headed in, but now it's kind of more so. Just Sonya just like taking a power trip on her, <laughs> which I don't I don't really get it because it's like, what is the history t- between these two to where Sonya wants to treat her like this? Like, okay, that's that's exactly, I don't exactly what why I said. She's doing it. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I said, why is she didn't she just put her on the card? Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense for her to just be like, nah, you're not wrestling tonight. Like, the whole origin yeah. of it just didn't make sense to begin with. And then also, I thought Sonya retired like in 2020. Why? Why is she she had like a one last match with Mandy Rose? I think it was mm-hmm. like August or something like 2020. Like, but now she's just able to wrestle again. Like, I guess we're just gonna completely ignore that. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't understand Sonya being a heel and just not giving her a shot. Yeah, uh, I didn't understand any of it. I did I did like the involvement of Shayna Baszler though, and kind of using her as this muscle instead of just her being because <laughs> yeah. i feel like i've only thought of her as this tag team partner with nia jackson it's kind of water her down and it's nice to see her in kind of a role where it's like she's this dominant person again i did like seeing that but other than that it was just like what is the purpose Man. of this yeah you know what i mean <laughs> what is the purpose I, I just i hope that this leads to naomi like doing something more important later and maybe you know Sonya's just jealous of Naomi. I don't know. They gotta, they you gotta kind of straighten it out because there's no real reason for it. Yeah, it's just like disliking somebody just for the sake of it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like you. Yeah, I need a little bit of straightening. You know what I mean? Don't don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do um, it. <laughs> so I guess going back to Crown Jewel, I think you said what you know. Will, will Paul Heyman be picking a side at Crown Jewel? 
Yeah, so I know we talked about this briefly like last podcast, but for me, it's like, like he has to almost pick a side at this point just because like he's pretty much said on Instagram and I think he said it like in a promo where he was like, whatever happens, I'm leaving with the undisputed champion. Like I'm leaving with mm. the champion. Mm. But he didn't necessarily say, I'm leaving with Roman. He just said, mm. I am going to be leaving with the champion. Right. So he still hasn't really picked a side. And for me, it's like... <laughs> I just hope this doesn't lead to Paul leaving Roman's side because I really have enjoyed this dynamic with him in the bloodline. It's been the best thing on SmackDown. It's beautiful. And I feel like him leaving would just make things a little sour. But I know there's plans for Brock versus Roman for like the next couple of months, I think, like for a minute. Yeah. So maybe it makes sense to have, you know, Paul go back and forth. I don't know. This is another thing where I'm like, I feel like... (laughs) Not that they've built themselves in the corner because they probably have a plan for this, but I just feel like how do you get yourself out of this but still maintain what Roman and Paul have? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, the uh the booking for Crown Jewel is interesting, period. <laughs> like yeah. and I think you were saying like the the talking about the draft and the crown jewel, and it really does make like the stakes seem like really low for Crown Jewel. Like some of the matches, I can just tell they're not really like there's definitely gonna like the the winner has already been chosen. Like you have Drew McIntyre versus Big E for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Well, Big E is drafted to Raw, and Drew McIntyre got drafted to SmackDown. So and Roman's already the champion on SmackDown. So clearly, Drew McIntyre can't win. So it just it just waters down a lot of the like the matches. So it's like uh, I'm kind of looking forward to like one or two matches. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. it because the others definitely. The, the winner is already determined, you know? Yeah. I almost wish they took, like, a pause. You know how, like, in every sport they take a pause or it's, like, they're off for the offseason? Yeah. I wish there was an offseason for WWE. Like, they just maybe took, like, a month. Not even right. a month, like, maybe two or three weeks off. Yeah. And they just they do the draft. They take a couple weeks off, and they just start fresh. Yeah, just you know I mean? all, all over again. Because now I feel like when they do this, like, they book themselves into this area to where it's, like, oh, we have the draft. We have Crown Jewel. We have extreme rules. We have right. hell in a cell. And I feel like they just have too much to deal with. And it kind of draws your attention in too many directions. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? And you got these wrestlers wrestling these champions that are going to leave the show. But then yeah. you also have like the new draft rules being set soon. And it was just, it's kind of confusing. And I feel like if I was a casual fan, I'd be like, oh, I thought. Such so as just got drafted to the other show. Why is he still on this show? Like, I, I'd probably stop watching it if I right. wasn't a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? So it just really, makes, makes things confusing. Yeah, really, I feel like they should have saved the draft until after Crown Jewel. Because if not, Facts. it really, like, it just sours the pay-per-view. Like, it just, it's really confusing. You know what I mean? And sometimes I have to go online and be like, okay, wait a minute. Didn't such, such go to Raw or didn't it go to SmackDown? Like, I had to look it up again. And, like, I'm watching the product. I should, this shouldn't be this complex. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely should not be that complex, but it's WWE. <laughs> this is what they do. You know, I mean, this is why AEW is, you know, competing with them a little bit, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, now to switch over to AEW news, we had CM Punk versus Matt Sydal. I think this is the main event for, was it Rampage? I think it was Rampage, right? Yeah, this was Rampage. It was Rampage. I believe. Bro, 
this is the first match where I honestly felt like CM Punk was going to lose. <laughs> but then I had to think, I was like, it's just Matt Seidel. Not to say he's not a big deal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he hasn't been treated like a big deal in AEW. He's kind of just like the guy that has like the dope matches and does dope moves. But this is the first match where I felt like CM Punk actually lose. Right. Like it looked like Matt Seidel was a challenge for him. Like I'm trying to keep up with him. And even with Hobbs, it kind of felt like he had Hobbs number. And then, you know, Hobbs kind of has an experience versus Punk, but Sidell was like right there with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it was a dope match. I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that there was no need to really like build it. Like it started the show and it was just an 18 minute wrestling match with two dope wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like there mm-hmm. was no there was no need for an opening promo. Like the format is dope. It just it just made it better. Right into the match. Yeah. That's what we, that's what we like, WWE. That's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the action. Straight to the action, cool. Yeah, like, cause I mean, and it really does like dynamite uh, and rampage. Like, it really shows like you really don't need like an opening promo to be like on the last week. You know what I mean? Like, I think that yeah. when you do that, it just proves that people don't watch your show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or you know, something can happen and then they they'll like replay it and show it, and it's like you just showed us that three minutes ago. You know, mm-hmm. like before the break. You don't have mm-hmm. to show that. Just go straight to the wrestling. You know. Yes, sir. And I feel like for me, like I'll be flipping. Like if I was a casual fan. And I was flipping through the channels and I went to WWE Raw and it just opened with this promo with these two sweaty dudes <laughs> with baby oil on. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to beat you so bad. Like, I, I feel like I would change the channel versus like tuning into AEW and being like, oh, like, what's this new thing? And it's like, oh, they're going straight into a match. Yeah. Like, it just feels more exciting. You got the crowd there, the fans, and you just hear entrance and it just goes straight into a match. You know what I mean? Like, that's it feels more exciting to me versus like just this long scripted promo between these two dudes that fought each other like a thousand times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Thanks. I don't know. But it was it was definitely a dope opener. I thought it was the main event, but now that now that you're talking about it, it's definitely the opener. Um what do you think about the inner circle versus American top team? Okay, so I have one complaint about this. Yes. Um Junior Dos Santos. That Same. is my complaint. that was my complaint. That is my complaint about that was mine too. about the entire thing. Like I just looked in he looked like he was just MMA fighting. Yep. Um and I did I feel like it didn't like he look like he trained to wrestle at all. Like it just looked like he was MMA fighting. Even when um I think him and Jake Hager got in the ring and they started like the fans even started chanting UFC because it literally looked like a UFC fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like it, I think it switched to it switched kind of switched to back to wrestling when Scorpio Sky got in the ring. Then mm-hmm. they started doing like arm drags and stuff like that. But you know, I think it, out of the whole match. Um, I think he did like one wrestling move when he Junior Dos Santos tagged into the ring and he did like a power slam on Jericho and mm-hmm. then immediately tagged back out. <laughs> but that was that was He's the like, extent of the I'm wrestling. Good. I'm like, oh, okay, well, he just did that to make sure it looked like he trained or something. But yeah, yeah biggest complaint on that. But you know, other than that, I had some favorite parts of the match. But yeah, um, I, I came to see wrestling, sir, not <laughs> not UFC. Yeah, he did like a thousand shoulder rams when he came in yeah. the ring. <laughs> That's right. how you know somebody like doesn't really know what they're doing. It's just like, ah, right, let me ram you a couple times in the corner. But yeah, I don't know. It's I think the best thing he did in the match was get slammed through the table by Jake yeah. Hager. That was his best move and, right there. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna give him props for that because I was like, I gotta at least mention how I give him props for taking like a table spot. You know, like I can't just like slam him for not really wrestling the whole mess. The fact that he took a bump like that, I'm like, okay, cool. He's cool. He's cool with me. But learn, yeah. learn some holes, dude. Yeah. 
But I don't know. I like the whole American top team thing. I just think if you're going to use UFC fighters, definitely train them a little bit more so they can do more. I'd love to see Jorge Masvidal step into the ring. I don't know if they have him training or not. Because he definitely needs to work on that flying knee he does. Yeah. but Because it doesn't really connect as well as you think it would. I mean, he's trying not to kill the guy because normally... He could definitely kill him. Normally, if he did a flying knee, it'd just knock him out. (laughs) So, right. But, um... I, I like it. I like the direction of going with this. Just you know, train them a little more. But the the guy, I forget his name. Their manager. He's kind of annoying, but he's good for heel heat. He's actually really, really good for heel. Heat. He's good on the mic and he's good for heel heat. But it's like he just feels annoying sometimes. I'm like, bro, like be quiet. And that's how I know the character is working because it's really getting to me. You know what I mean, like I just want to hear this man stop talking. But uh, so I think uh, we were also going to talk about the Lucha Bros versus the FTR, <laughs> which FTR came out in Luchador attire and it looked like they were paid by um, Andrade. It was by. It was by either it was like some kind of transaction with Andrade and uh, MJF. MJF, yeah, to take the titles. Which for me, I'm like, why didn't they just try to take the AEW titles? Like, yeah, that that <laughs> portion, I'm still, I still think that AEW has. I mean, I like the fact that they cross, you know, they cross like you know, um, the different doors and everything, and yeah, different. Yeah, somebody, somebody fighting on Impact Wrestling, like. Christian is really actually having matches on Impact Wrestling. Like he's not just holding the title; he's just right. having matches in that promotion. Yeah. That's cool and all, but at the end of the day, like they have like you know six or seven titles. I didn't even know they had like people defending. <laughs> um, yeah. The Lucha Bros apparently have had the uh, AA championships for like eight hundred and fifty-three days. Triple A titles. Yeah, so it's just it's just weird that you know. They're like just now defending it on <laughs> just now defending it here. I've never I don't I swear I've not seen them have those titles before. Yeah, and it's like they didn't even do like an intro form. They, they weren't like yeah, it's like <laughs> they never were like, Oh, did you guys know they were the hundred time, you know, triple A title tag team champions? Like they never ever mentioned it. So how, why are we supposed to care about this title change of hands? Right. It was just a very random thing to do. I'm like, this is AEW. These are two AEW tag teams. Just fight for the AEW tag team titles. So like. and so now you have what you have um, FTR because they won. They got the titles. FTR are the you know the AAA tag champions. You mm-hmm. have Penta and Phoenix. They are the AEW tag team champions. And then you have Gallows and Anderson. They're the Impact Wrestling tag team champions. <laughs> it's like so nobody really. I mean everybody has a title. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody's I a champ. I mean, I, I, I do like the fact that they have so many talented people and it's like, you know, um, you want to make sure every guy is kind of getting something out of it. But it's like you have three tag team champions. They don't really need anything. Why would why was why does one title matter over the other? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like it just confuses the fans too, like especially like your fans that may not even watch the show. Yeah. Like it might be a fan that's a fan of NBA basketball. And they're watching a basketball game, and then you promote AEW, and they tune in one day with their kids, and they're like, "Yo, there's like eight titles that I don't even know what's what's AAA, what is NWA, what is all this? It was TNA." So I think it just kind of confuses the fans a little bit. But I get you know wanting to represent those other brands too, but don't make it confusing. You know what I mean? Right, right. Especially for me, like I'm a fan, and I'm confused. You know what I mean? So yeah, if I've been watching every single week and I'm confused, then yeah, might I want to change. I want to change the format. <laughs> Switch it up, Playboy. Playboy, but no. What were your thoughts on Dante Martin and Leo Rush teaming up? So, 
it was a it's a little bit strange for me just a little bit yeah um i think that they i kind of think they wanted to do it to give dante some personality not saying he has like no personality but i think his strongest point his his strongest point is like his ring work period Mm -hmm. you know what i mean not saying he's he's has a dry personality or anything but he's just kind of new and kind of like green very green Um, very very green so not in the ring though not in the ring though not at all I just think as far as like on the mic and like talking and like all those other things, like he kind of seems rude to me, but so they wanted to pair him with Leo Russ. Obviously Russ is a, a definitely a good uh, trash talker and everything, mm-hmm. but to me, it almost looks like it's not going to last. Like it looks like it's a definite Leo Russ heel turn. Like, <laughs> like, did you see his, did you see Leo Russ's face when Dante lost? He was like this guy, like he's just like, it's like this dude yeah, trash. This dude, like he needs me or whatever. And then like this whole speech and everything afterwards, it just kind of feels like he's definitely gonna turn on him and it's gonna be like Rush being a heel versus Dante being a baby face, obviously. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like his character might because with all this like investment stuff and stocks, it feels like he's gonna be a scammer. Like he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be scheming on Dante to try to make a come up, like. Come on, I, I wanted to come up on you. Like, just gonna <laughs> try to do Was it. that your Leo Rush impression, bro? <laughs> I've been working on it. It's kind of trash. <laughs> it's kind of trash. Lashley. Uh, it's Leo Rush. What do you want it's me to Leo do? Rush. Yeah. Leo Rush. Okay, now that you say it, he does kind of sound, like <laughs> sound like that. What did you expect, Dante? Like, I don't know. I just feel like he's going to do something to like try to scam him to be able to get more attention. Cause Dante is getting a lot of attention right now as a young wrestler. One of them Matt Hardy contracts. Yeah. And he's going to give him Matt Hardy <laughs> Suge Knight contract. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be yeah. locked away for the rest of his life. But no, nah, man, I, I just, I feel like he's going to end up scheming on him in some way. And like, like he said, like turning heel and, you know, trying to use Dante as an opportunity to get himself on. That's what I see happening. But then maybe he could actually help elevate Dante. I don't know. But the main thing, too, is, like, what happened to Dante's brother? Like, is he injured or something right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, I, I do not remember what happened. Because his him. brother just disappeared, and he's not yeah. around. I'm like, okay, Dante's getting this huge push. He's getting Where's a his huge brother? push, yeah. Where's his brother? They both deserve it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it in the future. Gotcha. Sure. Um, and then we also had the Dark Order versus the Super Elite, which is probably my one of my. That was my. That was the match of the night for me. From for the week for me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was definitely match of the night. It was match of the week, man. really. Yeah. Um. It this match almost made me want a trios tag title, even though I just said there's <laughs> way too many championships in yeah. AEW. That's the only thing that made me reconsider. Um. Like it just makes that. sense. Yeah, because I mean, and you do have like you have like private party with Matt Hardy, you have Orange Cassidy in his stable, you have the Dark Order, like you have multiple teams, you have like you know the super elite, you have a mm-hmm. bunch of three man teams, Jurassic Express. So, like, it makes sense to have that championship. I'd rather have yeah. that honestly than to have like three different tag team championships, <laughs> the impact <laughs> tag title. Yeah, but it just ma- it would make some of these matches make that much more sense, you know what I mean? Like, they have something that they're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to distract you on the match because the match was awesome. Um, I was definitely became an evil Uno fan after this match. Uh, I absolutely he's dope. I love the spot where um, he was like, it was just simple. He was like holding Adam Cole's foot and then he hands it to the ref and then swings around and hits him with a netbreaker. I'm like, man, this guy, <laughs> this guy is dope. Also, the the uh, the Mr. Sacco slash like uh, mandible. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, I love that. Man. That's why I was dope, that. bro. That was dope. He kind of gives me like gold dust vibes. You know how gold dust is kind of has like this 
crazy ring awareness when he wrestles. Yes. Yeah. Like more so like the Goldust in WWE. Like he's just like a that. ring general. He's still pretty good now. He's a lot yeah. older. But like he was just a ring general and he kind of gives you those vibes a little bit. Like you just love watching them work. They just little it's the little things they do that's so dope. But um uh yeah, the Sako part was hard. I thought it was funny when uh, I think it was Johnny Silver, Johnny Hungy. Him and the, one of the other guys from the Dark Order, they went and kissed Adam Cole like they were the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Adam Cole was like, that hey, was something hilarious. don't feel right. Like yeah. <laughs> that part was pretty funny too. But it was just a really good tag team match. Like, and I usually don't care for like these multiple tag team matches they have in AEW, but they put on some good ones, man. They be some really good matches, and I think this one was done very, very well. Yeah, definitely match of the week. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then uh, <laughs> we had a. Uh, a segment that I wanted to talk about with Arn Anderson, <laughs> pretty much trying to refocus Cody. I don't know if we talked about this. Do you remember the segment where he was saying he would have shot by the high black? Yes. <laughs> yes. He was a thug, bro. <laughs> Arn Anderson is straight up like a gangster, man. Like, he ready to get it popping, but he was really trying to refocus Cody. At first, I didn't know what I was watching. Like, he just walked, Cody walked up, and then Arn was just there, and then he was like, you know, we're here to get you focused or something like that. And then, like, Red Velvet just, like, smacked the crap just out of him. him face, and man. I was like, yo, what is happening? Where's Brandy right now? You know what I mean? <laughs> but then everybody was pretty much, like, giving him a hard time and smacking him. And it was, like, Arn Anderson's way of pretty much trying to get him refocused. And I wonder if this is a way to kind of change up Cody's character and harden him a little bit to get him away from that American, the top American guy thing. I wonder if this is their way of trying to make yeah. Cody a little grittier. And, I hope it and, is. And, yeah, and this is my thing, like, um, he's still focused on Malachi Black, you know, for this, I guess, for this segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that may be an issue. Like, I feel like Malachi is, like, over in the fans. I mean, the last match they had with Malachi Black and Cody, they were booing Cody. Like, <laughs> it was obvious. Like, they were booing him. Like, they absolutely hate him. And I don't know if it's because they're tired of the character or they just don't want him to go over, like, Malachi Black. So yeah. that's why I'm, like... You know, with this thing, I'm just wondering how effective it'll actually be because it's like, okay, so is the goal to change his character or is it, you know, I feel like at this point that you might as well turn him heel. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. Just at the rate that they've been booing him with with, with different, and it wasn't just, I don't think it was just uh, Malachi Black. It was somebody else like recently. I'm like, oh man, they actually hate Cody Rhodes. So I don't think he necessarily needs to be tougher or i.e. get more like Arn Anderson is trying to get him to get more wins. I think mm-hmm. that will make people even more upset. I think he just needs a complete, utter character change, either turn heel or change it to something totally different. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if, you, if you're just going to have him go over more people, this is going to make people more upset. Um, and then we had a once-in-a-lifetime match I thought I'd never see a year ago. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Bobby Fish. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bobby Fish in his light. Like, I've... I've watched him wrestle before, but it was with Kyle O'Reilly in the tag team. But like, this is my first time seeing him do what he does by himself. And like, Hello. he's got a dope ring set of moves. Like, it's it's dope. Like, I think I watched an interview with um him and um Chris Van Vliet, I believe, and like he took up like martial arts or something when he was younger, yeah, or, like in high school or something like that. And they really showed like in the match. You know what I mean? And I don't know, I just it was really dope to see and like just to see anytime you see Brian Danielson wrestle, it's a treat. You know what I mean? And I just think they put on a really good match. It was really dope. It is. Um, I didn't know that the match would be this physical. And honestly, yeah. I'm always I'm always looking out anytime Daniel Bryan gets like kicked in the head or something like that. I'm like, oh I don't is know. He right? 
Is he good? Is he good? I'm always, I'm always, I feel like I'm looking out more for, for him more than he does. Like, you know, <laughs> but I love it again. Like no need for a build up to dope wrestlers. You know, I think Brian won like a hill hook uh, submission or something like that. Mm-hmm. Also, I saw that there's like um, an eliminator world championship tournament. So I think Dan yeah. Bryan is going to face uh, what Dustin Rose next week. And it's like, so I'm, I'm just, I'm too. curious about the format of it, but it looks like it's Dan Bryan versus Dustin Rose. And then the other side of the bracket, you have like John Moxley, and then you also have like Orange Cassidy and Dark Order 10 and like Eddie Kingston in it. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing the winner of this tournament gets to face Kenny Omega or whoever the champion will be after that point. Yeah, it's either Kenny or Adam Page, whoever wins that match. Mm-hmm. And at first I was confused. I was like, didn't Adam Page just become the number one contender? Right, right, <laughs> but right. But then it's like the match that he's having is at the same show as the Lemire tournament. So it's basically right. their way of like determining a new number one contender, but they've never done it this way before. It's like constant number one contender after number one contender kind of a yeah. thing. <laughs> like they're doing it kind of fast, almost like they're trying to like streamline it to something else. But yeah. it definitely feels like Kenny might lose the title soon. I was gonna say, like, I feel like after seeing Adam Page's promo, I was like, I really hope that Adam Page actually wins this match. This is time. Um, it's his time because if not, it's like, okay, when is it gonna be a time? If not now, then then win because like, if he loses that match, and then you now have a tournament for a new number one contender, he pretty much falls off the safe face of the earth. Like Oof. he's not even, he's not even in it anymore. Yeah. And especially if you have like Daniel Bryan win, it's like, oh well, no, he's he's not getting a shot at that. You know what I mean? Very true though. Like I, I think um, it would make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Just to have him have the title, and he's been fighting for it for so long. And I feel like when he first came to. AEW or when AEW first started, wasn't he like the first number one contender for the title? He was, and I think so it was like, him he versus, didn't get it then. Yeah, I think it ended up being like him versus Jericho for the for the title. Yeah, and he, he didn't. Lost. Yeah, I think it was Jericho, and he didn't get it then. So I'm like, it's definitely his time now. Like you can't you can't hit the snooze button on this guy. Like it's time. The fans are behind him. I'm behind him. I wasn't even behind him before. <laughs> it's like everybody's a fan now, so it's time for him to do some real cowboy stuff, like he says. So yeah. I think it'll be dope. Um. What was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Could you imagine, though, if Adam Page does win and we get Brian Danielson versus Adam Page? That's the match I want to see. That's going to be a dope match, Fred. That's going to be really dope. That's I don't know how AEW does this, but they just provide you with so many dream matchups. Right. And you know they might happen. Like in WWE, it's like, uh, you got to wait. You got to wait a whole year. Like, you got to wait until Mania for a match, certain match to happen. Yeah. It really preserve those feuds so you don't see like the matches that you really, really, really want to see. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I still think we only saw AJ versus Finn like once. Oh, my God. Survivor Series one time. And And that happened by random chance. And it happened by random chance. This just so happened to happen, but it's like, They've been on the same. They've been in the same company for for years now. So, mm-hmm. but I love the fact that AEW is just giving us these random matches. Like, I love it. Yeah, that's dope, man. So, um, to kind of wrap up this podcast here, this episode. Um, so we had AEW pretty much try to run against SmackDown this week, I believe. So they had, I think it was the buy-in that they had, be like thirty minutes into SmackDown or something like that. And then I, th- I think it was just that. Like, it was just going to be, like, the extra 30 minutes when SmackDown's airing, like, for that first hour. But then AEW, not AEW, but SmackDown went and made, like, a super SmackDown. And they booked the where they went into 8.30 instead of 8 o'clock. Because usually, or no, usually they do it where it's, like, 7 to 9. And they yeah. did it to where, like, it's 7 to 9.30 this time. It was, like, the last 30 minutes was, like, commercial-free. And it's interesting because I believe 
when it comes to the ratings, WWE won, but the demographic market, like the demographic that WWE tries to reach, AEW beat them in their main demographic, which right. I think is interesting. And I'm almost like, is AEW becoming competition for WWE? Like, think, is it a real competition now? I think they definitely are. I think they yeah. definitely are because, you know, again, it's wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I watch the two, when I sit down, I'm like, okay, for one, I know I'm going to get wrestling. For the other, it's going to be entertainment. And that entertainment mm-hmm. may not necessarily be good. That yeah. entertainment <laughs> may be somebody getting up and doing a promo for 18 minutes and then getting interrupted. And then you later have a match, you know, an hour later. I just feel like AEW doesn't necessarily do that. And so at a certain point, they're just going to have to acknowledge it. I've seen a lot of recent interviews and they're saying like, "Eh," you know, I'm not going to like name names where they're like, "Eh, you know, we don't really see that company as competition or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're the minor leagues. But like looking at it, it's they definitely are competition. Yeah, they're becoming competition. main, Main demographic. And like if I had. I personally had a choice right now if a show, if, you know, if, it, if there was going to be a show in November and I was going to book a ticket to one, I know of one with AEW, I'm definitely going to get my money's worth. I'm definitely going to get all those matches <laughs> yes, versus sir. seeing, you know, half the show is just promo and commercial. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I, I think it might be that time, bro, to where <laughs> we have the Friday Night Wars, just like the Monday Night Wars before and they start going like, you know, show for show with each other. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it just makes both companies better. You know what I mean? AEW goes harder to make their show better. And then you got WWE that's going to try to work just as hard. Because you know Vince is going to take a ill. Like he's going to nah. find some way yeah. to make WWE better or more like edgier. He always does, bro. He always does. Um, I feel like this might be his last war because he's getting up there in age. Yeah. But I feel like he's going to want to go out with a bang. You know what I mean? Before he stops. So I think he's definitely like probably, he's probably enjoying AEW's competition. I feel like because oh, yeah. it probably gives him, you know, more motivation to make the shows better. But at the end of the day, us as wrestling fans, we win in the long run. You know what I mean? So we're getting Xavier Woods in a King of Rain tournament. You know I mean? like, come on. Oh, man. Please happen. Please happen, bro. I love Finn, but please, Xavier, win. <laughs> Please, bro. <laughs> it's not happening, but yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I know. Well, that was another episode of the Awful Wrestling Podcast. Please remember, if you did not like it, you can't complain because we told you it was Awful Wrestling Jump. It's Awful Wrestling Podcast. Peace. Peace. Episode, be sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Also, follow us on Instagram at Off Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Off Wrestling One.